the podcast for you, the woman who is pushing the boundaries, expanding your consciousness, and doesn't take no for an answer. This podcast will help you reduce the overwhelm, tune back into you, take back control of your health, embrace your most authentic self, and show up as your most confident, aligned, and powerful you. We do the inner work together through the safe space for you to come learn, grow, and gain knowledge in areas of your life such as body confidence, hormones, feminine flow, money, well-being, spirituality, fitness, and mindset, and so much more. Let's get started. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'd like to start off with, uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Thank you you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here, super excited to chat with you. So my name is Georgia Holiday. I am a self-worth and confidence coach for women that want to rediscover their worth and awaken their confidence so they can stop people-pleasing and start putting themselves first and like I know so many women struggle with this concept of putting themselves first because the patriarchal society that we live in has taught us that as women women we have to be the carers and the nurturers and put everyone else before ourselves and it's just not a healthy way to live and like I'm saying that from my own experience which is why I'm so so passionate about helping women overcome that self-sabotaging behavior so they can start living their life on their terms rather than essentially like living their life for other people so that's like in a nutshell kind of what I do and what I'm about I love that I love that and I think that would resonate with so many and especially that kind of concept of the martyr and that kind of thing like oh need to get rid of it exactly (laughs) like you said like a lot of women I think they see it as like oh you know I'm, I'm a martyr I'm gonna put everyone else before myself and it's like no where does where does that line stop you know like have some self-love for yourself you know have some boundaries in place because we can't help other people to our full capacity if we're li- like a shell of a woman mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean like if we are completely burnt out how can exactly. we help other people we can't yeah I couldn't agree more it's like uh coming from yeah. that glass full 100 <laughs> And um, I often like to start with uh, like a bit of context around like what has your journey been in terms of coming to with, through well-being and I guess coming to the wellness scene as well and equally like coming to do what you do yeah, now. Yeah, of course. I'd love to share that. So I actually started out not even like knowing about this industry, about coaching and wellness and all that kind of thing. I actually started out as a dancer and I was training to be a professional dancer. Um, but because of an injury, a back injury, um, I had to stop doing that. And then I had to reevaluate like the course of my entire life. <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> um, oh my God. And then I kind of, actually, I got into fitness and personal training, which I still do a bit of as well now. But that 
even that side of my business has evolved so much over the years. So I started out as kind of your typical like personal trainer. I only work with women. I've only ever worked with women. But over time, that has evolved to being a weight neutral trainer, which is basically I don't weigh any of my clients. Um, We don't do any measurements. We don't do before and after photos because all of that is just essentially buying into diet culture, right? And buying into this idea of women's bodies Mm. not being okay as they are, which they absolutely 100% are. Every single body is 100% perfect exactly as it is. And I think there's such a stigma around this idea of personal training. And the only reason that you would go to PT is if you want to lose weight. But I really challenge Mm. that idea of my clients and think of it as like, they come to work with me because they want to move their body in a joyful way in a way that feels fun in a way that feels good to them in a way that supports their mental health and kind of like shift their mindset around movement and exercise so they see it as something they can actually enjoy and have as part of their life rather than something they're doing to like punish themselves or punish their body um, and something that they like absolutely despise. So that's kind of like one side of my business. That's how I got into this whole kind of wellness um, arena, I guess. And then it kind of started to develop into more of like personal development. So because of like my personal journey, I used to... um, like I said, with people pleasing, I used to be a professional people pleaser to the point where I would just like burn myself out. Like I was so burnt out with trying to like make other people like me, make everyone happy, please other people. And it just came at the expense of myself, my health, being authentic to myself, doing what I wanted to do. I was literally just like paralyzed by the fear of other people's opinions, of rejection, their judgments of me. And it just got to the point, I think like it's the same for everyone that has been on this journey. You get to a point where you're just like, okay, I'm done with my own shit now. (laughs) Um, Like something has to change, you know? Like I think it just gets to a point where you're like, I can't live my life, the rest of my life feeling like this. Like I had given myself severe anxiety. I was having panic attacks daily. Like it was horrific. And I was like, do I want this to be the rest of my life? no (laughs) so something has to change so that's when I kind of went on personal development journey self-growth journey whatever you want to call it and I really kind of like delved into recognizing the stories and beliefs that I had about myself that were causing me to be stuck in that mindset and stuck in those patterns of behavior and instead I replaced that with just choosing myself again and again every single time until I recognize my self-worth I got rid of the people pleasing I boosted my confidence I got rid of that fear of judgment and caring so much what other people thought of me because that is one of the biggest things that my clients come to me with is they're so paralyzed by fear of what other people think of them and for me that was one of the like turning points in my life when I was like do you know what I don't actually give a fuck what anyone else thinks about me anymore because that is not serving me in any way shape or form I have to let that go I have to release that because that is holding me back um and that's kind of how I got to where I am today a lot of work a lot of um you know as they call it dark nights of the soul where you know you're 
crying and you feel like shit and it's not you know healing is not linear it's not going from a to b it's like so up and down it's an emotional roller coaster it's going back and forth feeling like you've overcome something and then being like oh shit no wait there's like a million other levels to that and going back and going over it again but that's all part of it and I'm so grateful for every single part of my journey because it's got me to where I am today and I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't be able to serve my clients in the way I can today if I hadn't been through all of that if I hadn't experienced all of those hardships Mm. wow I I love that I resonate with so much of that as well um especially I love we're both personal trainers and I completely Mm. resonate with the yeah no before and after photos no weighing if you don't feel comfortable with that I went through a phase where I didn't feel comfortable being weighed and pretty much haven't weighed myself for years now (laughs) just don't care about it um and I equally I was on a blog no where was I on a forum the other day and someone posted and I was so happy to see it they said does anyone know a personal trainer who doesn't do before and after photos yes yeah and it's like because I I used to do the whole weighing my like when I first started my business like my PT business like four four or five years ago I can't remember now I was weighing my clients I was taking measurements I was doing before and after photos because that's what you're taught that it is you know like I didn't know any different as like a 20 freshly qualified PT that's what I was taught to do and it wasn't until I kind of looked into it and you know did my research and you know had experiences myself that I was like do you know what this is not healthy like this is not good to be teaching women you know that their value is based on numbers like it's bullshit and like I thought that myself and you know I'd been Mm. through periods of time when I was in dance school where I was like obsessed with like the numbers and what I was eating and over exercising and it was just like it wasn't healthy it's not good and like I think so many people fall into this trap of oh I you know exercise loads and I eat really clean and that's in like little (laughs) air quotes you can't see me but a little air quote like you can do all of that that you want but if you fucking hate your body if you hate yourself that is not a healthy way to live so that's when I just like reevaluated my whole business like do you know what I'm not doing this anymore this is not healthy I don't want to be adding to this narrative of diet culture so I'm not going to do that anymore all my clients were Mm. so relieved like they were so relieved that they didn't have to stand on a sad step and you know feel like they're rolling in <laughs> take some humiliating yeah, photo or something so like, like that oh God, okay this yeah. is so much better and they could just show up and have you know a session where they just move their bodies and just like enjoy that hour to themselves and it becomes self-care time for them rather than an hour of punishment because they hate their body or you know to punish for themselves for something they ate or anything like that and the shift was just like it was so um amazing for me like in my soul it just felt right but also I could just see within my clients as well that's when like progress for them really started to happen in their mindset you know shifts they they became stronger they started to you know accept themselves more become more confident in the gym in their bodies and it was just really really beautiful to see so making that shift for me was like looking back it was a no-brainer and I wish I did it sooner but like I had to go through that process 
Yeah, and sometimes we just don't yeah. know better, right? Like this initially, like there's a kind of cookie cutter approach and I went through the exact same thing with PT school. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you don't know better until you know better. And when you know better, you can then do better. And that's all that anyone can ever do. Mm, exactly. And um, on the people-pleasing point, I'd love to delve mm. into that more. Um, so how how did you address people-pleasing in your in your life and remove it yeah so wow I used to be a professional people pleaser like oh my goodness I was so good (laughs) at it and you know like once I started once I learned what people pleasing was and I like kind of looked it up and I was like oh my god this is me 100% like what I now call like symptoms of people pleasing so things like um always saying yes when you want to say no always apologizing for yourself always like diluting what you say and diluting your personality or changing who you are depending on who you're around or you know not believing in yourself not um keeping promises to yourself all these kind of things are what I now call like symptoms of people pleasing and I ticked off every single one and when I kind of realized that, I was yeah. like, oh shit, that's like, that's mad. Like how, how have I been living like this? And, you know, I kind of dove into it and I did a lot of work around where that had come from. Like, why, why was I this person? Like, why was I such a people pleaser? This must have come from somewhere. And as most things that we find out on this journey, it came from childhood. <laughs> and it came from, you know, when my when I was very young, I think I was maybe two or three years old, my parents got divorced. Um, and I kind of fell into the position of like um, being in between the two. So I was like pigging in the middle. And I basically didn't want to cause more conflict. I didn't want anyone to be upset. I didn't want anyone to you know I didn't want to be in an argument because as a child you don't want to see that um and so usually as children what we do is we come up with these um coping mechanisms or survival mechanisms and for me that was being whatever I needed to be at the time to make people happy and to keep the peace and to you know feel loved Mm. and feel safe and for me that manifested as people pleasing so I would you know when I was with my mum I would do and say and be whatever I needed to do to keep the peace and when I was with my dad the same thing so I kind of you know from the age of three I kind of picked up these habits because it is a habit people pleasing and self-charging behavior I picked Mm. up this habit of morphing myself into a different person depending on who I was with and then that kind of just escalated and grew as I got older and same with any habit like the more you do it the stronger it gets whether it's positive or negative and obviously people pleasing is a negative habit to have so that just got really strong and just kind of like continued throughout my life Um, and the thing with people pleasing is the more you do it it's almost like the more you feel this sense of validation from doing it does that make sense Mm. Um, yeah so like the more you do it the more you're like okay I need to keep doing this to keep up this act because this isn't really who I am so I need to keep up this mask of who I am so people continue to like me because a lot of the time the fear behind stopping people pleasing is like everyone's going to hate me, everyone's going to leave me, everyone's going to reject me, no one's going to love me. Um, And that's what I felt. I genuinely thought that if I like 
stopped trying to please everyone like I would just die alone like it sounds so strange, but at the time that was my mindset and that is genuinely what I thought I thought if I stop trying to make people like me no one's gonna like me and you know the thing of people pleasing mm. as well the reason it's so difficult to overcome is because we end up placing so much of our value in what other people think of us we place so much value in their judgments of us, their opinions of us, because we have zero self-worth. We have zero self-belief. We have zero self-esteem because we haven't been given a chance to build that because we've been in survival mode, right? Survival yes. mode, trying to, you know, especially as a child, just get by however we can, feeling safe, feeling loved. And um, for me, that was people pleasing. So the issue mm. when it comes to people pleasing and that I work on a lot of my clients is that when people decide they, you know, you have to recognize that you are a people pleaser. That's the first step. And then you have to decide that you don't want to be a people pleaser anymore. Because if you don't make that decision, if you don't choose, then you're just going to keep kind of falling into those patterns of behavior. You have to like make that choice. You have to decide. Um, and so I decided, I was like, you know what? I can't live like this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And this was only, this was maybe like, three years ago two and a half three years ago not long ago so I am 26 now so this is literally when I was like 23 years old so that's 23 years of people pleasing so 23 years of people pleasing when I decided right I'm not gonna do this anymore you almost have a bit of an identity crisis because you're like hold on mm. who the fuck am I if I'm not trying to please people if I'm not trying to make people happy if I'm not agreeing with everyone who am I and the issue with people pleasing is when you decide to stop, you don't know who you are because you don't have a strong sense of self because you have created kind of this, um, I guess, like character. You've created this fake personality um, because you're building together different elements from different people. So you're not yourself. You're not you. You're not authentic. So it's kind of like, uh, what do I do now? Like how how do I move forward from this so what I did mm. was I got really clear on okay what is important to me like what do I believe what do I think matters what matters to me you know so I got clear on my values because when you're a people pleaser you don't know what your values are you kind of just like piggyback off other people's values other people's beliefs what they think and you just go along with it and you agree with it because it's easier and it means there's the more like chance that they will like you right yeah and you bend exactly and control it I would say it's like being a chameleon yeah. like you know there's like lizards like like change their color yes, depending yeah. on what their surroundings are it's like that you're kind of like changing and like morphing into a different version of yourself depending on who you're around and you don't realize that people see yeah that as well absolutely. you think you're hiding absolutely. it but... absolutely and you know I kind of um I said to myself right so what is important to me what matters what are my values and I realized that one of my values was authenticity like just pure authenticity being so honest being so unapologetically myself and I hadn't been that I hadn't allowed myself to be that for 23 years because I was committed to my people pleasing right I was like committed to this habit so I hadn't given myself the opportunity to do that so once I realized that authenticity was like my main core value 
I was I realized like well I can't be a people pleaser anymore like the two cannot coexist together I cannot be a people pleaser and be my most authentic unapologetic confident happy fulfilled self they cannot exist together so I had to decide and I think I think it's Latin but the like the Latin origin of the word decide means that like something has to die right so like think of the word like wow I didn't yeah, know that like think That's of the words powerful. like genocide homicide suicide they all end with that like side side mm. is like the death of a decision right so like you have to make a choice and the other part of you has to die so like I know that sounds like really extra. <laughs> yeah it's a powerful yeah. visual though because it, it, it is that 100%. in practice so I decided <laughs> like right this people pleasing part of me has to go so I literally just started taking small steps and it does not happen overnight. Anyone listening right now that cannot imagine a life that they are not people pleasing or not putting other people's needs before themselves. Let me tell you, it does not happen overnight. So don't be impatient with yourself. Don't like beat yourself up about it. It takes time. Like it has been like Mm. pretty much two years. Like I would say it's only probably like end of last year this year that I have really been like so solid in moving away from that people pleasing habit and Mm, it's continuous isn't it you got to keep showing up and showing up and And it does still pop up occasionally but because I've built this self-awareness I'm like ah okay caught you that's people pleasing we're not going to do that anymore and it's just (laughs) you know building that self-awareness is so so key so for example like what I started to do was the first thing I did, I think, was building my self-awareness around how often I was apologizing for myself, because that is a massive thing of people pleasing. It's this idea that, you know, we don't believe that we are worthy or deserving of existing, essentially. So we're always apologizing for our existence. Like, I would be in a shop and walk into a mannequin and be like, oh, sorry, come on you know what I mean or like other people would walk into me and I would apologize and it's like hold on like this does not make sense so something that I did that really helped me was bring my awareness to how often I was apologizing for myself how much I was saying sorry unnecessarily like how many times anyone that is listening how many times have you gone up to someone and been like oh sorry but and then you start what you're gonna say why are you apologizing yes what are you apologizing for yeah 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 it's a thing of like am I actually sorry and do I need to say sorry it's just such an automatic habit that we just oh sorry then it's like why are you sorry why are you apologizing (laughs) Mm, I love the way you told that it's so powerful that you were able to trace it back to like a certain event I guess or a time in your life and then and really describing it like it was your kind of survival yeah, mechanism. Absolutely. And then I love how you also, you know, term that it is, it was a negative thing and it is a negative thing, people pleasing. Because I know from my own experience of people pleasing and also going on a mm-hmm. similar journey and still yeah. on the journey, but um, it's uh, like you don't realize it's negative. And actually, I remember when I started reading more about like boundaries, which is a whole another topic yeah, to talk face. about, but um, I initially thought it was like, is it, why is it a bad thing yeah. that I people please? I make yeah. people happy. Shouldn't that be good? <laughs> and you know what, when I started to really look into it, um, 
and this because I think a lot of people do think like oh yeah you know I'm a people pleaser that's really good because it means I'm really nice and kind but if you're a people pleaser with no boundaries or self-worth like you're just a people pleaser you're just a doormat you're not being a martyr you're not being kind you're not being loving you're just a doormat (laughs) if you don't exactly and one thing I actually heard that was kind of like it blew my mind was and it's, it's a different perspective and I find it so interesting the idea that people pleasing is actually if you think about it quite manipulative because mm. you're essentially pretending to be something to get something from someone else and that thing is their validation or their love or liking you right so you're like manipulating that person into liking you by pretending to be something you're not that's so true and like when I learned that I was like oh shit (laughs) like you said I was like I'm a people pleaser it's really great because I'm nice to everyone and you know everyone likes me and it's like if everyone likes you you're doing something wrong (laughs) yeah it's almost like realistic if everyone likes you yeah, exactly. And it's almost like you, you think that the people-pleasing is yeah. your identity, but it's not an identity. So, so true. It's a habit. It's not an identity. It's a habit. That is so, so true. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Mic drop <laughs> moment. It's a habit. <laughs> um, I'd love to pivot, if that's all right. And um, I, yeah, on your Instagram the other day, I really admired, and it's on actually in a similar vein, um, you said um, you were having a flare up with your um, chronic condition and you said, I'm, you know, I'm here for my paid clients today, but I'm not really going to be showing up on Instagram today. Yeah. And I loved that because it was showing a boundary. Um, but would you mind uh, elaborating a bit about your chronic condition? And similarly, I have one and I just thought this would be a really powerful conversation for us to have um, especially from just quickly on my own experience, it was um, for a couple of years not knowing what um, what was up with my body, then being diagnosed with a chronic condition, the relief of finding out I had it, um, of knowing not relief that I had it, relief that I identified yeah. what it was with my you know medical team, and then um, and then the experience of like a little bit of like depression over like, oh, I've got this. And then to a, a very much more healthy place where I'm like, actually, it's quite powerful for me because it's, you know, helps me um, know when I need to mm-hmm. take a break and that kind of thing. So I wondered what your experience of a chronic condition yeah, of was. Course. So was. I was only actually um, diagnosed, I think it was only last August, so maybe a year ago. Um, But I have like suffered with the symptoms for, oh my God, like 10 years, nine, 10 years, like so long. I've literally like only just been diagnosed. And if anyone is listening with a chronic illness, like I genuinely just like send my heart out to you because the struggle to get diagnosed is so exhausting and so like annoying and frustrating. Um, when it's like an invisible Mm -hmm. illness right so I have fibromyalgia which is essentially like a chronic pain um illness and it affects like my entire body it gives me massive flare-ups my body so the best way I describe it to people that don't have a chronic illness is you know if you do like a super hard workout in the gym and the next day you're like really sore and you can't move 
that's how I feel most days, but I haven't done the workout. Like I feel like that for no reason. Um, and it's, it's fluctuates with how bad it is. Like sometimes I have flare ups, sometimes I'm okay. Um, I also get very bad, like migraines. I'm very, very prone to migraines. Um, I get fatigued very, very easily. And I get, um, if anyone's got fibromyalgia, something called fibro fog, which is like brain fog essentially like so I forget stuff very easily sometimes like my speech goes like a bit blurry like I can't like like my brain (laughs) doesn't make the connection to certain words so like I don't have the energy to say the words if that makes sense so it's like I I experienced that as well through my kind of condition with hypothyroidism Mm. yeah the the brain Mm. fog and sometimes you'll be in the middle of a meeting or talking to someone you're like I just lost my train of thought it's gone like (laughs) like, you know sometimes it'll be like you're maybe you know like sometimes I'm with friends and I'm fine and then I just hit a wall I'm like okay I'm done like I've reached my limit of what I can do here um Or as I say to my husband, like, I've used all my spoons for today. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard this concept of, like, spoon and chronic (laughs) illness, but it's basically, like, a way of people that have chronic illnesses. Yeah, you should look it up. It's basically a way of people that have chronic illnesses measuring their energy throughout the day. So, for example, like, when you wake up in the morning, kind of notice how you feel. If you feel like it's kind of an okay day, like, in the world of chronic illness, it's okay. Um, maybe you have yeah. spoons right so you have 10 spoons to start with maybe a shower like having a shower washing your hair maybe that means that takes away one spoon maybe going to the gym takes away three or four spoons so you're only left with like five or six spoons so you have to basically it's a really good way of teaching yourself like what your limits are what you can handle what you know is going to push you over the edge and into like just a massive flare-up so it's a if Mm. anyone's listening and they have a chronic illness and they haven't heard of this idea of like spoons let's just google it and look it up I just did some research into it like when I first got diagnosed and it it just it helps me explain it to other people as well like helps me to explain to my husband when I when I am feeling like really shit and I don't have the capacity and the mental energy to stay like and explain I just say like I run run out of spoons And like he knows what that means now, so he can then support me a lot better. Um, Yeah. So Mm. in terms of a chronic illness, like obviously it's shit. (laughs) Anyone that has, like, I'm not going to pretend that it's nice or (laughs) anything. Like, it's not good. It's not nice. It doesn't feel good. It's tiring. It's exhausting mentally and physically. However, I am a bit of a positive Pollyanna, (laughs) and I like to think that (laughs) we're only given the things in life that we can deal with and we're only given mountains that we were meant to climb and meant to overcome so I believe that you know this chronic illness was given to me by the universe or whatever you want to call it um because I needed to learn something or you know it would help me connect with people and help them and help them feel not so alone and I feel as though um having fibromyalgia has really forced me to like boost my boundaries like I have so Mm -hmm. solid with my boundaries now not only for my like mental health and you know confidence and self-worth but like if I don't listen to my boundaries and if I don't honor my boundaries like my body will be fucked (laughs) for days and like 
can't do anything. Yeah. So exactly like you said about that post that I shared around, you know, acknowledging that today I don't feel good. I don't have energy. So I'm only going to be giving my energy to my paying clients. Like that has taught me so much in business um, in terms of boundaries, aside from my um, chronic illness, just it's taught me so much about boundaries in general that, you know, we have to put ourselves first. Like we are the most important person in our life whether you have full health or not and if you do have full health please be grateful for that take advantage of that like move your body love it nourish it do all those things because people that don't have full health like that's the dream (laughs) so take advantage Mm. of that do you know what I mean um so I don't even though my you know my fibromyalgia is technically chronic I I do have the belief that I don't think I will have it forever um, I like I do believe that I will be able to overcome it and I will be able to heal myself and move through it um, but right now I'm not and that's okay so it's just accepting where you are it's also taught me a lot about um, accepting the journey and you know being okay with where you are right now but also you know you can still be okay with where you are and accept where you are and want to move forwards and want to grow and want to expand and be better and do better and feel better I love that I love that and I hadn't heard of the spoons mm. before but I like intuitively I think I've always mm. done that and then with my partner I say yeah I'm exactly. Like that. exactly it's a good, it's a good like, little yeah. um, measuring tool yeah no I I love everything you said about um, like the universe. I I have a similar belief as well. Like this, this is my thing. Other people have other things, but this is my thing. And it has, yeah, equally, like it's amazing how it flows on so nicely from talking about people pleasing because it does reinforce it because it's, it's so different. Like you, you just feel completely worn out if you continue to people please and give too much of yourself and do too many things. And it's, yeah, literally you end up bedridden yeah. because of your people pleasing. Exactly. 100%. Mm. And I feel, you know, our emotional selves and our physical selves are so closely linked and related. And, you know, I, I do feel that on some level, like my chronic illness and the anxiety that I overcame was a manifestation of emotion, emotional trauma. Like, I do believe it came from, like, unresolved trauma um, in childhood and from people-pleasing and all of those different things. And it manifested as this physical, like, chronic illness. Um, And I until Mm. I work through all my shit, (laughs) I think it's going to stick around, you know? So I think our mindset and, like, the mind is so, so powerful. Like, so powerful. Because, and I always remember, like, the day that I got diagnosed, like in the morning, I felt okay. And once they said to me, like, you have fibromyalgia, chronic illness, instantly I was in pain. And like, yeah. Really? And it was like, that is, that is oh your God. mindset. And that's not to, that is not to say on any level that people that experience physical pain or chronic illnesses, that is on your head. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't get that to it. I think... Mm. Mm. the mind is powerful thought is powerful our language is powerful and like on my social media I do occasionally talk about my chronic illness so I can connect with people and help them feel not alone and create awareness but I'm not using my social media to constantly be like I'm in pain this hurts 
because yeah. I believe if I do that, I'm going to manifest more of it, right? Like I, I believe mm. what we focus on expands. So if I, it's like, um, yeah, the law what, of attraction, right? The And Dr. Joe Dispenza as well around like healthy thoughts, healthy, yeah, healthy mind, healthy thoughts, healthy yeah, life, and equally the opposite of that. 100%, too. 100%. So obviously mm. it's not something I can just ignore I wish I could <laughs> but like I can't you know it's it's so prevalent it's so obvious within my body every single day I can't just ignore it but I also am very mindful and very aware that I don't you know spend all of my energy and time and thoughts focusing on it mm. I love what you raised about um that uh Oh, sorry. I've lost my train of thought. There we go. That's relevant. <laughs> I think I shouldn't edit this out, actually. Um, I love what you said about, uh, like, I guess there's a bit of, yeah, on your social media, creating awareness, sharing about it, but it's not your diary to to detail every aspect of your um you know, chronic illness. And I actually, I don't love the word chronic because to me, I think there's a, quite yeah. a stigma to it. And I wish there was another word to it because especially I think when you're in your twenties or for me, I just turned 30, like there's still like, there's such a stigma about having something like this in your twenties. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love your optimism around like you will heal from it. And I, I share a similar belief around that as well. Like healing is I love that word. Yeah, and I think, you know what? I think like, mm. I think part of that mindset is like self-preservation because if I believed that I would never heal from this, like, oh my God, it would be eternally depressing. <laughs> like if yeah. I believed that this is how I was going to be for the rest of my life, I would be depressed every single day. And like, don't get me wrong. I, you know, like, I do struggle with depression and you know like you said I think I, th I saw a statistic the other day and like it's something like depression is very very high with within people that have chronic illnesses because of the nature of its chronicness mm. um but you know yes. I when I first got diagnosed I went through a stage of like oh my god I'm gonna be like this forever like this is how I'm gonna feel every day for the rest of my life and that was just like unfathomable like I could not imagine waking up the rest of my life feeling in this much pain so I mm. like the belief that I'm going to heal like I have to believe that you know like that is self-preservation for me and my mental health I have to believe that I can heal from this and overcome this like I have to otherwise mm. I would just cry all the time <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's so easy to get like caught up with Googling and finding out more and more and more about it and like living that. But, um, but so much more powerful to, yeah, think positively and yeah, kind of, it's weird, but I kind of see mine as a bit of a superpower yeah. sometimes. Like I'm like, I've got this thing and it tells me when I need to calm down and I need to take me time. That. And I think that I love that. Yeah. yeah it definitely um, strengthened my message around self-care. So like within my business and what I do, I have a very strong like message around self-care, putting yourself first, filling your cup first, this whole idea of like, you know, when you're on a plane and they're like, put your oxygen mask on before you put on something else's. Like, yes. 
this chronic illness has just like magnified and strengthened that message that I give out because like I'm living it you know like I can if I do not look after myself if I do not practice self-care every day um and for me that is through the form of yoga and meditation and journaling and some other bits and bobs if I don't do that every day like I cannot help people to the best of my ability I cannot be the best wife I cannot be the best sister I cannot be the best friend the best coach the best PT anything I cannot be the best version of myself if I'm like depleted if I'm not looking after myself if I'm not filling my cup if I'm not recharging my energy and like replenishing my body physically and mentally I cannot show up if I don't look after myself and that is in my opinion that is then selfish to the people around me and a lot of people Mm. see self-care as selfish but I think the opposite I think when you don't look after yourself, which then leads to you being pissed off with your partner all the time, leaves you being like really agitated with your kids or really grumpy at work or whatever with your friends, like that's not fair to them. That's not fair. It's not mm. fair. You yeah. don't show up it's as not your fair best if self. You're not giving them your mm. like best version of you just because you feel guilty for you know taking fucking 10 minutes to meditate or something (laughs) do you know what I mean like I Mm. like for me like my podcast is called the self-full podcast so it's idea this idea that self-care isn't selfish it's self-full so you fill yourself up with self-care so that anything is overflowing any of that energy that is overflowing then you can give that to other people but if you try to give it to other people before you're overflowing you're just taking from your own resources. And if you're not replenishing that, you're going to end up with nothing. Mm. Yeah, it's something I feel so positive about that we're beginning to recognize this and it's being talked about more and more because the, the martyr has been glorified in the past. And I think especially with like mother mm-hmm. figures as well. Like when I think of like grandma in the kitchen yeah. at Christmas, absolutely doing yeah. everything. That's just like a one example, but it's, yeah, it's something, and you kind of think, oh, is that how I'm meant to do it? Like 100%. Um, and, you know, we're then taught uh, it from, you know, like the matriarchs in our own family. We're taught that we have to sacrifice ourselves for other people, you know? It's like, I mean, I mm-hmm. don't have kids. I don't know if I want kids. But that is not a belief I would want to pass on to my children. You know, like that is not something I want my, I would not want my children making themselves ill because they're not looking after themselves. You would, you would not tell your children to do that. You would not do that. So why are you doing it to yourself? Because if you have children, that's what they're going to learn. They're going to learn that from you. Like, do you want your child? Because if I couldn't agree more. You need to reevaluate what you're doing, you know? If, you know, if you have that habit of being the martyr, your child is going to pick that up. And if you don't want your child to have that habit, you need to change that personal habit. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, so uh, in terms of like confidence, because that's um, something that you specialize in in your business, right? And what would you share like what is your kind of key message around confidence and 
what are like three things that have been like the most powerful for you in terms of building confidence? Mm, amazing. I love that question. So for me, like the like secret to confidence is not caring what other people think about you. Because if you are in a state of mind where you are constantly worrying about what someone else thinks of you, you are never going to be able to step into your true confidence ever because you're not going to be able to be yourself. You're not going to be able to step outside of your comfort zone because you're so scared of what someone else might think of you or what they'll say about you. So like my number one thing when it comes to confidence is you have to get over this idea of what people think about you because their opinions don't matter. Like someone else's Mm. opinion of you does not matter, especially if it's a random stranger on the internet that you don't know and they don't really know you. Like, it does not matter. The only opinion of yourself that matters is the one you have of yourself. So, like, do you like yourself? You know, like, do you like yourself? Because I think a lot of people talk about self-love, mm. but for a lot of women, that's really unrealistic to, like, the the concept of that is so unrealistic because they're like, well, I fucking hate myself, so how am I supposed to have self-love? So you need to start with liking mm. yourself. And to start liking yourself, you need to become a woman that you would like right so I get my clients think about like Mm. what does confidence mean to them like what is confidence because it's different for everyone like confidence looks different for everyone there isn't kind of like a simple definition of what confidence is like my version of confidence will be different to your version of confidence will be different to whoever's listening version of confidence so first of all we need to define what we mean by confidence you know, like, does it mean wearing the clothes we want to wear? Does it mean um, doing whatever we want to do? Does it mean chasing our dreams? Does it mean, like, taking pictures of ourselves in public? Like, what does confidence mean to us? So the first step is, like, deciding what that means to you. Absolute crucial, must, non-negotiable. You have to let go of this idea of, like, fear of judgment. You have to move past that. And that's what I work with a lot of my clients to do. Um, and then like actionable things you can do to like build your confidence is practice stepping out of your comfort zone so like confidence grows outside of our comfort zone and the reason we don't feel confident in something is because we don't do it right so like if you want to build confidence Mm. in let's just say public speaking the reason you don't feel confident in it is because you've never done it so you're not going to feel confident doing it you know? So first of all, you have to have the courage to step out of your comfort zone. You then need to build consistency. So you need to do it again and again and again and again. So let's say it's public speaking, you need to do a public speaking gig, it might feel horrible, you might feel shit scared, it might go wrong, no one might, you know, people might not turn up, you need to do it again and again and again. So repetition, consistency you then become competent at it. So the more you do something, the better you get at it, right? Practice makes perfect. The more you do something, the better Mm. you get at it. So you've got that courage to step out of your comfort zone. You've got consistency, doing it again and again, practicing. Competence, you become better at it because you've done it so many times. That is when you develop confidence. You're not just gonna, you know, go from zero experience doing something, doing it once and being super confident in it. Confidence is a skill and it's something we can work on. It's a muscle that you have to flex and you have to build and you have to work on. Same as if you go into the gym. 
you're not going to get you know like strong mm. biceps from doing one bicep curl like you have to you know yes. repeat you have to do it again you have to go to the gym more than once like it's the same with confidence and I don't think people realize that I think people think you either got it or you haven't but you can build confidence you can develop it you can learn it it is a skill so yeah that is kind of, I don't know if that answered the question mm. but <laughs> that is kind of what I would say it absolutely okay. does <laughs> I love that you said, um, I love that you said that everyone has a different definition of confidence Mm. as well, because I think that's something that's not always clarified in various things, like other things as well in the wellness industry and self-development industry. And because you kind of, you, you might see a confidence coach and go, all right, sign me up. I want to be as confident as you and exactly like you. And then it doesn't work out that way. Exactly. So, you know, what I get my clients to do is when you think of the word confidence, what does that mean to you? What does someone that is confident look like for you? You know, is it that they, you know, they swear a lot or they are really bubbly, they're really outgoing, they're really passionate, they're really um, well-spoken, they wear bright colors. Like, what is it about them that you think, oh, that person is confident, I would like to be like that. So it's just recognizing the different elements of confidence that appeal to you and then using those to kind of develop your own version of confidence because everyone's individual version of confidence will be different, you know? And I think everyone has Mm. a very stereotypical idea of what confidence is. Like everyone thinks when they think of a confident person, they're like, oh, they're really loud, really outgoing, like really bubbly, laugh all the time, like always the loudest person in the room. That is generally what our stereotypical idea of confidence is but you can be the quietest person in the room and be the most confident confidence is not, mm, confidence is not about being loud or the center of attention um although as a leo that is my version of it <laughs> but, <laughs> like that doesn't have to be your version of it like you can 100% be quietly confident like i'm actually an introvert and people are always really surprised when I say that because they, yeah, really? people are always, oh, I'm surprised because yeah. I'm very outgoing <laughs> and I'm, I guess, very stereotypically confident. Like I'm quite loud and I'm quite passionate and all these kind of things. I'm outspoken, but I am a massive introvert and like, I like my time. I need to have my own space, all of those things. So yes, I am confident and that is a learned skill. Like I have learned to do that. I practice doing that. And along my journey of confidence and self-worth, because they go so closely hand in hand, I have developed that and would now, you know, say that I'm a very confident person. Mm, Yeah, there's such a misunderstanding around like extroverts are always loud, introverts are always quiet, but like (laughs) that, yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm learning through lockdown that I'm extroverted because I get more energy from being around people. So I'm having so much difficulty being home alone all the time. Opposite. I've like loved (laughs) lockdown because I'm like, oh, I don't have to. (laughs) Like, yeah, I love it. I'm such an introvert, and people are always so so surprised. I find that so interesting. Like being introverted and extroverted mm. so you can be an introvert or an extrovert and be confident or not confident like you can have an extrovert and then not confident totally totally and to circle back to people pleasing again um on your website you talk about being mm. an empath and it just popped into my mind like how do you experience 
yeah, relinquishing people pleasing, but also being an empath, um, because obviously that's, you know, like sensing people's feelings. I'm an empath as well. So you sense the feeling in a room when you walk into it, even when you're on the phone with someone, you can sense what their mood is, even if they're putting on a show, that kind of thing. Um, Boundaries, 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 Mm. and just like practice, like learning about it. So like, again, I didn't realize as an empath until I don't know maybe like a year and a half ago two years ago like I didn't realize I just thought I was like super sensitive <laughs> about everything but I actually just realized like actually <laughs> I remember I like googled it and I was like holy shit that's me 100% and like so same you know, I do like I deeply feel everything like everything my emotions other people's emotions even if I'm watching like a TV program or a film I'm reading a book like I get so like connected to the characters like to the point where like I'll finish a book and I will like I can get like depressed because it's over and I'm like no what am I gonna do what are they gonna do and my husband's like are you okay <laughs> but you know so it's practicing boundaries <laughs> you know like for example with my clients like what I do is I suppose on paper a very difficult job choice for someone that is introverted and an empath, right? Like, because a lot of heavy Mm. stuff, like they're kind of releasing their energy and like, I'm absorbing that. So it's boundaries with that, you know? So for example, um, like I know that I'm not going to be answering like, random people in my dms are asking for advice and asking for free coaching in my dms like I don't do that because that crosses the boundary of mm. I need to preserve my energy for people that pay me you know like there needs to be an equal energy exchange yeah. I also really need to take time for myself self-care is so crucial for me as an empath and as an introvert because it allows me to recharge what I have taken on you know or what someone has like in air quotes taken from me like I don't think people take your energy I, f- I think you give it to them um but you know what I mean and yeah. like energy cleansing as well so I have a lot of crystals showers are really important to me I imagine like showers are like washing other people's energy off of me so just little like rituals and boundaries like that that really help me continue to function optimally and as my authentic self with like you know the most energy I can give them um while still honoring you know those parts of who I am Mm, so powerful and I love how you talked about those rituals as well because I was going to ask if you have like a ritual before or after a client and I love the like the shower and the metaphor of washing things away it works so well for me you know and like for some people um there's like techniques um like brushing so you can literally like you just kind of like brush down different body parts and as if you're like brushing the energy off you can obviously do like energy healing so like reiki um you can do tapping you can do breath work meditation crystals like there's so many different things depending on what works for you um and like don't get me wrong i have my woo woo rituals like i would i'm very spiritual um, so I love all my stuff, love my crystals, like always have my selenite near me when I'm doing a coaching session, because that's kind of like um, cleansing the energy and protecting me. But then also I love 
um, I guess more like physical and visual idea of the shower like washing the energy off of me or like I will like wash like when I get home from the gym from training my PT clients I will like splash my face with water wash my face with water and change my clothes because for my brain that's like a signal like okay now we're in a different mode now we've shed that energy from you know PT Georgia and now we're like fresh we're cleansed you know yeah I love that amazing I love how much ground we've covered in this and so much powerful stuff has come out of our conversation um my final question that I always ask is like what has been um we briefly touched on practices Mm. just before in rituals but what has been one like game-changing practice for you that you'd like to share oh my goodness just one um okay Okay. I would say it has to be meditation for me like I used to Mm. be one of those people that was like oh meditation is a load of bullshit it doesn't work I can't concentrate I'm always thinking and like once I actually decided to you know drop that story and actually commit and give it a go um it literally like changed my life it changed my life and it sounds dramatic but I used to be such an angry person. Like there was so much anger within me. There was so much resentment, judgment. Like I didn't used to be a great person, to be honest with you. Like I didn't, I used to judge women so hard. Like I just, I just wasn't, I wasn't the best version of myself. And like I started, I can yeah, identify that. I don't think people yeah. talk about that because there's so much shame around it. But, you know, I started meditation, you know, at the beginning of my journey and it's been an on and off kind of ritual for me. And I'd only say like this year that I've been really solid with it and actually stuck with it. Um, And people kind of like say to me, like, oh, what's the point of meditation? What do you gain from it? And it's like, I mean, I don't gain loads, but I've lost so much. I've lost anger. I've lost resentment. I've lost judgment. I've lost shame. I've lost, you know, self doubt I've lost all of these different things limiting beliefs guilt I've lost so much and ultimately I've gained from losing those things Mm, I love that yeah I've been the same this year and I think that's been like one um like saving grace through lockdown is to have a meditation practice every morning and I love how you say that it comes in waves as well because I think I realized recently that um like these do these things come in kind of seasons like you might um have a huge commitment to it and then and equally with like journaling you could be doing that every day every day every day in in the exact same way answering the same questions doing the same affirmations but you kind of become robotic anyway in my experience and maybe it's different I 100 agree with you and I think Mm -hmm. the beauty and the magic of self-care is that it will grow and evolve and change and shift as you grow and evolve and change and shift and I think like it's important that we don't get stuck in certain elements of our self-care and spirituality or whatever you know practice it is that you're doing that it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel nourishing anymore and it just feels like another chore like I never want self-care to feel like that for people self-care is not a to do it's a get to do because it fills me up so like I used to be like super hot on journaling and I do it every single day and I was like obsessed with it and I haven't 
like journaled mm. properly for quite a while now you know like at the beginning of lockdown I was like every single day like journaling loads and now it's more yoga and meditation and like that's fine and exactly like you said different seasons of your life will call for different modes and tools and techniques and like that is okay it's okay to change and have change within your life and not you know don't be scared to get stuck in one thing like I love meditation I adore it but if I ever come to a point when I'm like do you know what this isn't I'm not feeling this right now I'm not going to force myself to do it because then I'm not going to get the benefit from it it's not going to serve me as much you know so it's just having the awareness how each practice feels to you right now if it feels good do it if it doesn't feel good don't do it exactly exactly it kind of depends on your personality doesn't it like there's you take things to a certain extent and then there's I don't know I think I'm a bit of a magpie and I'm like I'm going to do something for a little bit and then you move on to the next and it has to be new and exciting all the time Uh, I think that's such a beautiful note to end on. So um, where can the listeners find you? And do you have any like exciting programs coming up or anything you wanted to share? Yeah, amazing. Thank you. So you can find me on Instagram. That's kind of the main place that I hang out. So my handle is Georgia holiday underscore and holiday is spelt with two L's um, because annoyingly that's how my husband spells his last name so <laughs> everyone always like gets it wrong but Georgia holiday underscore with two L's so that's the main place that I hang out I do loads and loads of free content on there um, I also have a private Facebook group which is called self-care queens and that is just like a smaller intimate space for anyone that wants to connect with me and I do live videos in there and you know I'm very active in there as well um, and then I offer one-to-one confidence and self-worth coaching I'm actually just opening up spots for new clients right now so if you do want to learn more about that head to my Instagram um, and send me a DM and, you know, say, oh, I heard you on the podcast and I want to know more about it and we can have a chat about that. Um, and then I've also recently just started a monthly membership, which is super exciting. I am obsessed with it. I love it. It's called the Confidence Collective. Enrollment right now is closed, so the doors aren't always open, but I think doors will probably be opening in October. So if you want to work on your self-worth and your confidence and you want to learn about boundaries and people pleasing and so many of the things that we've spoken about today, that would probably be perfect for you. So come on over to my Instagram and follow along so you can see when the doors next open for that. Um, But most of this information is on my website, which is um, www.gljfit.co.uk. I'm sure you'll be able to like put it in the show notes or something. Um, Yes. Yeah. But so yeah, they're kind of the main places. My Instagram, come and hang out with me there. That is where I am most of the time. Um, And then I have my one-to-one coaching and then also my monthly membership as well. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I'll make sure it's all in the show notes. Um, Thank you so much. It's been so nice coming on and chatting to you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Hi there, my loves. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Inner Glow Getter podcast. 
If you had any takeaways from today, please feel free to screenshot and share this to your Instagram and tag me and today's guest at Kayla.Benson. And make sure you head to the Facebook group, the Wellbeing Collective. That's my Facebook group. And there'll be some bonus exclusives from every guest that has popped into that group. So make sure you're part of it to grab those bonuses. And have a beautiful day and speak to you all soon in the next episode. Bye.